Okay, we're up to Daf Nunche Samir Aleph, three lines into the page. So we said there's two reasons why uh, a woman after Kedushin, if she is Niskadish to a Kayan, Midder Aisa, she could eat Truma. Midder Abanon, she can't eat Truma until she either walks through the Chuppah or if it's a year later and it's postponed. So we said yesterday, what's the reason why we don't allow her rabbinically to eat Truma? So there's two reasons. Either because we're afraid that she'll serve it to her. Uh, she's still living at home, so she'll serve it, the truma, to her rel- to her family. Or, we're afraid that the marriage will get annulled. So the Gemara says, well, what's an afkamina? Who cares why? If it's us or anyway, what's the difference? Either way, she's not eating truma rabbinically, so what's the nafkamina of the two reasons? My benayu. So there's three nafkaminas. Ikibinayu kibble. What if, the fa- what if the husband says, I'm mekabal to marry her regardless, whether she has a deformity or not? So then there's no concern of annulment. But there's still a concern that she'll serve it to her family. Or, what if she no longer lives at home? She went already with the shluchi habal. She already moved into her new apartment. So if the reason is annulment, it's still a concern. If the reason is she's going to serve it to her family, then that's no longer a concern. So these three cases would be enough committed between these two reasons. And because we're machmer like, so then it depends how you paskin, um, whether she could eat shroom in such a situation. Okay. The Mishnah then said that Rav Tarfin said this cryptic line, and that is, you're able to give truma, that the husband can supply his wife 100% with truma, if he's a kind. Now, and then Rav Akiva said, no, it has to be 50-50. Now, the question is, what, what are we talking about? So, says the Gemara, Amr Aviv, Amr Abai, Machleikes bevas koin l'koin, avabasi sor l'koin, divra kol mechzechul and mechzechuma. First of all, the sheet of Rav Tarfin, that a koin is able to give his wife 100% of her food, could be made of truma, that's only true if she's a Baskayan. Why? Pashtus, we'll see exactly. It's a machlekes. We'll see in a moment. Those are the two choices. The Gemara is going to clarify in a moment. Whenever, whenever it's talking about it, it's either talking about after marriage and he's just supplying her with food, or it's talking about it's been a year. No, the husband. Husband gives his wife food. They're not living together at home. She's on vacation, whatever. So he, he travels and he's giving her food, right? Or it's talking about after the engagement and it's after a year and it's postponed. Those are the two stuff. Two and we'll see in a moment what the case is. Whatever the case is, though, they're arguing about how much, how much food can be supplied ratio of truma. So Rav Tarifin said 100%. Rav said, no, it has to be at least 50% chul and 50% truma. The reason, where is Rav Akiva coming from? Because Rav Akiva says when she's a nida, it's going to be hard for her to handle it. She's going to have to sell it. It's going to be a big tircha. So says the Gemara, the whole sheet of Rav Tarifin that you could supply her 100% of it with truma is only if she's a Baskayan. Why? Because if she's a Baskayan, that means that she's been handling truma her whole life. So she knows how to handle it. She knows how to sell it. She knows how to deal with it. A Basi Sorl who just got married to a Kayan, it's, it's too hard for her. Therefore, it has to be 50% in such a situation according to everybody. That's the first clarification. Second clarification Number two, and that is the whole possibility of Rav Tarifin, that you can give 100% truma is only in the scenario where they've been engaged and it's been a year and it's postponed. But if it's after marriage and she's alone, meaning she's separated from him, not because of fights, just stam, they're not at home together, then it has to be 50% chulun. The reason is, I guess this is more of a long-term solution and it's too hard for her to deal with it if it's tamay. So that those are the two possibilities. Um, yeah. The reason also is because if she's a Baskayan 
and she's it's after the engagement period, but it's past the postponed. She's also she's living at home with her family who are kehanim, so they could sell it for her, they could handle it for her. But if she's married and she's just living alone because he's traveling, it's not fair for him to give her a hundred percent of it truma. So when she's a nida, it's going to be very very difficult for her to handle it. Therefore, uh, so it only the sheet of tariff that it could be a hundred percent is only if she's a baskayin and only if it's during the postponement period. So if she's a baskayin, so she's used to it, and she's still living at home, so she has other people. To, uh, to to handle it for her. Says the Gemara, Tana Mihachi, the Bryce similarly states, Rav Tarfan Oimer, Naisin Laha called Truma, Rav Tarfan says it could be 100% Truma, Rav Akiva Mechsachulam Nechsa Truma, Rav Akiva says no 50 50. Abamed Varmurim Baskayin Lakayin, when Rav Tarfan says it could be 100% Truma, when she's a Baskayin, so she's been handling Truma her whole life. But if she's a Bas Yisrael marrying a Kayin, so she's not used to this, you can't give her 100% Truma. She won't know how to handle it when she's a Nida. Also, when the Rav Tarfin said you can give 100% Truma when she's a Bas Kayin, it's when it's been a year and it's postponed, so she's a Bas Kayin, and she's still living at home. So she has family members to sell it for. But if it's after marriage, and he's just traveling... Divrei hakol mechzachulin umechzachulin. Everyone agrees it has to be fifty-fifty. Okay. So if Tarvin says it could be hundred percent truma under certain circumstances, now we'll just bring other shitas. Rav Yudam and Beseir Oimer Noisel Shtei Yadishel Truma Vacha Shachulin. Rav Yudam and Beseir says the most of truma it could be is sixty-six percent. So you have Rav Kivo says fifty. Rav Tarvin says it could be hundred. Rav Yudam and Beseir says two-thirds. What is that? I have no idea. That's a shit. I don't, I don't know. Um, I guess he holds that she could handle. I guess happens to be two thirds of the month she's tar. Maybe. Rav Yehuda Oimer no yisla called truma v'yimecheres v'lekechas b'damim chulin. Rav Yehuda says you can give her entirely truma and she'll sell it. Now, what's the difference between Rav Yehuda and Rav Yosi and Rav Tarfin? They both said one hundred percent truma. The difference is like this: when you take truma and you sell it, it's not as valuable as chulin. So if you have $100 of truma, you're not going to be able to sell it and buy $100 of chulin because you're not going to get a dollar-to-dollar ratio because your market is much smaller. So if Tarfin said you can give her 100% truma and she'll sell it, even though she won't get back as much for it. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, you can give 100% truma as long as you give her enough truma that when she sells it, she can get the equivalent value in chulin. So it might be... Meaning... No, meaning... Your responsibility is to give her $100 worth of chulin. So you can give her... So according to Tarifa, you give her $100 of truma. Give her $130 of truma. Exactly. According to Yehuda, you can't give her $100 of truma because then she can't get $100 of chulin. You have to give her the amount that if she sells it, it could be converted. So it might be... Or whatever. Whatever the market is. Yeah. It's just... Well, you can't give it dollar price. The dollar price is the market price. You give... It's volume. Like the volume and percentages. Volume. Yeah. Right. You can buy 100 apples with 100 Well, you have to figure out how much money apples. does she need? How much money? How much food does she need to survive? If right. she needs five pounds of bread, so according to Tarifin, you can give her five pounds of, chul- of truma. And she'll figure it out. She'll trade it. She'll sell it, whatever it is. Right. Or if you like, you can give her the amount of truma that when she sells it, it becomes five pounds of chulin. I don't know the amount. The ratio you have to figure out. It might be, a, uh, it might be seven pounds, eight pounds, whatever it is. Rav Yehuda... Uh, Rav says, You have to give her double the amount of truma to chulin ratio. Meaning, what's the difference? The difference is like this. Rav Yehuda, Yehuda says, You have to give her the amount of truma that when she sells it, 
she could turn it into chulin. So let's say she needs five pounds of chulin. So you have to give her the amount of truma that if she sells it, she could flip it into five pounds. Rav Shimon Lil says, if, you want, if she's supposed to get five pounds of chulin, you can give her five pounds of chulin or ten pounds of truma. What's the difference? Shimon Lil does not want her to have to have a hard time selling. So Rav Shimon Lil holds, you, she could sell it, but it has to be super easy. So you have to give her double the amount. So she could sell it at a 50% markup. After 50% of the value, to make it easier for her. I mean, everyone agrees that she has to get to five pounds of chulin at the end. Rav, Shem, Rav Yehuda says, so give her, how much is the ratio? Let's say it's, I don't know, seven pounds of truma will be sold and converted into five pounds of chulin. So give her seven pounds. Rav Shem is like 10 pounds. Why? Make it easier. I don't want her to have to have a hard time. I want it to be easy flip. It's not making it easier, it's making it more <coughs> worthwhile. It's more no, it's easier easier because, easier? because you, a kehanim is a smaller market, so you're lowering the price. Okay. Meaning, he, she has to have double the amount of truma to convert it to chulin because that way she could sell the truma at fifty percent, but just quicker and easier, quicker yeah, yeah. flip around. Okay. <clears throat> then the Mishnah said, "Hayavam inamachal truma." That a yavam, right? We said biblically, after you get engaged, after you do kedushin, you could biblically uh, she could eat truma. But there are rabbinic problems that again it might get annulled or it might, whatever. But the halacha is that a yavam, when she's waiting to do yibam, she can't eat truma. Um, so the question is, why not? So says the Gemara, my time. Meaning, when she's waiting to do Yibam, so although she's engaged, she can't eat Truma biblically during that time period. Why does it say Hayyavam? The Yavam is not feeding her Truma, meaning she can't eat Truma based on weight. Until they actually do yibum, then they're married. But during that time period where they're engaged, she can't eat truma. Why? My Because the pasuk describes the reason why an engaged woman can eat truma is because kinyan kaspoy, which means as long as you're owned by the kayan, you can eat truma. This is kinyan achiv. During that time period, she's not owned by him; she's owned by his brother. So it's a technicality that that uh, she can't eat truma during that time period until they're fully married, then they're husband and wife. Okay, then the Mishnah said, If you look at the Lush and the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that means that even if she's 11 months and 29 days by the Yavam, she can't eat Truma. And even if it's six months by the Yavam, so it's like, you know, you're working backwards. If, if I tell you you can't eat Truma if you've been engaged for 11 months, you have to tell me you can't get eat Truma if you're six months. So the Gemara says, Sometimes the Mishnah is that it like it starts off the bigger Chiddush and then goes to the lesser Chiddush. Uh, and why it does that? It's, it's, a, it's like sometimes the Mishnah likes to build up in Chiddushim and sometimes it go, likes to go backwards. I get, it was a stylistic thing, I guess. Okay. The Mishnah then concluded that this concept that after 12 months and there's a postponement, the wife of the Kayan Kiri Truma. That's only true according to the first Mishnah. The later Mishnah abolished it and said, even if there's a postponement, no truma. So the question is, what changed? What, why did the later Mishnah abolish that rule? So the Gemara says, My time, Amr Ula, Rabbi Shmuel, by Yehuda, Mishum Simpun. We're afraid of annulment. So now here's a little bit strange. Okay. During the, during the 12 month process, until the a postponement, she's biblically allowed to eat truma but rabbinically not. So we said there's two reasons. One is that she might come to feed her family members. Number two, annulment. Number two, we're afraid of annulment. 
Okay, but once it's postponed, we're no longer concerned of annulment because at that point, right, we said, right, there's two reasons why she can't eat it during the engagement process. Either because she's afraid, we're afraid that she'll serve her family members, but after 12 months there's a postponement, she's no longer um, living at home fully, she has like an allocation of the house, or it's because of annulment. And after 12 months, there's no concern of annulment because he'll, he'll have sent family members to make sure that she doesn't have a deformity. Those are the two possibilities. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, that was only according to the first Mishnah. The later Mishnah said, forget the whole thing. Why annulment? Now, if, so let's think about the flow. If the reason was that we were afraid during the 12-month process because of she's going to feed her family members, but after 12 months, we're no longer concerned, but the concern was family members... So comes the later mission and he says, hey, I got a new concern, and that's annulment. Okay, it makes sense. There's an evolution. But if you're telling me that the issue during the 12 months is annulment, but it's fixed after the postponement, then why does the later mission come and say, hey, there's a problem because of a concern of annulment? We, we, we were aware of that concern. Meaning it sounds like there's something changed. Like oh, all of a sudden there's a new Mishnah that says, hey, there's a concern about annulment. If the first concern was feeding the family members, then all of a sudden there's a new concern of annulment. There's an evolution. But if you're telling me that the issue during the 12-month process is we're afraid of annulment, but that's gone after the postponement prime, prime period, then why did the new Mishnah come and say, oh, hey, I have a new concern about annulment. What changed? We, we were aware of the annulment, and there's no longer concern after 12 months because he sends the family members to investigate. So like, what, what changed? All of a sudden, there's like a new concern of annulment. It's not a new concern. I'm aware of it. So what, what changed? Like the first Mishnah was aware that there was annulment concern, but after 12 months, it wasn't concerned about annulment because the, the family members will investigate. But all of a sudden, the new Mishnah is like, hey, there's annulment concern. Like, I, I'm aware of that. So the Gemara says, my time, why did the later Mishnah just cancel the whole thing even after postponement? They can't eat truma. Because we're afraid of annulment. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Go to the next page. I understand according to Ulu, the evolution is as, as follows. The first Mishnah was only worried about her feeding her family members, and that's why after the 12 months we're not longer concerned. Comes the new Mishnah, hey, there's an annulment concern. Which we didn't anticipate. But according to Rashmo Yehuda, he says the reason why a woman who's engaged can eat truma in general is because of annulment. So it means we, we fix the annulment concern. Then all of a sudden the new mission is like, annulment. Like, I, I don't get it. And then what changed? The first Mishnah was concerned about annulment, but it was fixed after 12 months. The later Mishnah is also concerned about annulment, and now it's a problem. What's, what's going on? So here's the answer. The answer is during the twelve month process, the concern is annulment. We're afraid that she's going to get an annulment, and that he's going to see that she has a mum, and it'll annul the marriage from the beginning. So she'll have eaten truma unlawfully, retroactively. Said the first Mishnah, but once the twelve months time period comes and there's a postponement, it's fine. Why? Because at that point, he'll have sent family members, they'll investigate. No more concern of annulment. Comes the new Mishnah, is like annulment concerned. Why? The new Mishnah feels that sending family members is not enough. Even if he sends family members, he still might come later when he meets her at the chuppah and says, Ooh, no. So the, 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 it was always a concern of annulment. The first Mishnah felt that sending family members suffices. Therefore, during the postponement time period, when he sends family members, he'll send his sister, he'll send his, his aunt, his mother, she'll investigate you know, and, and find out that there's no concern. The later Mishnah is like, no, 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 no. That doesn't help. If you're afraid about annulment, then he's got to see for himself. And he's only going to see at, at the, after the Chubba. So that was the evolution.
Okay. New Mishnah. Now, the new Mishnah, let me explain. Um, we had this a little bit already, and that is, she gives him things, he gives her things. It's a tit for tat. And that is, he is lawfully, um, she, she is required to be supported financially, so he gives her mezainus. She gives him back uh, the, the proceeds of her, of her job. So he gets her salary, she, he gives her food. So he gives her food, she gives him salary. It's the two-way two, two street. Our mission is going to be dealing with a couple things. First of all, the Gemara's conclusion is the main, the main which, which, which flow starts, right? Yeah, the husband and wife. He's giving her food, she's giving him salary. Who's the main one for? Is it that he's entitled to her salary, but she gets food and return? Or no, she's really entitled to food, and he gets salary in return. What's the nafkamina? What if she's like, I don't want to give you, I don't want to give you the salary, but I don't, I don't need food. We're good. Let's just, let's just cut it. Can she cut it at the head? So if the main thing, if the main takana was for her to receive food, but as to make, to sweeten the deal, she gives him the salary, but the main thing is for her. So she could say, I'm not interested. But if the main thing is that he should get her salary in order to sweeten the deal, he has to give her food, then she can't cancel it. The Gemara conclusion is that she could cancel it. So the main thing is that she's entitled to food from him, and in return, she gives him the salary. What's clear also in the next Mishnah is that there's, the, there's what's called Ma'isiyadeha, meaning, here's the deal. If you think about it very rationally, a woman has a job. She's making $40,000, $50,000. She's a, she's a nurse and she's a doctor. I don't know how much people make. A lot of money. She's giving that to the husband in replace of he's giving her food. It's not, a, it's not a fair deal, right? The food is not as valuable as the salary, right? So the Gemara says the truth is the food only gets you the Iker Maisiyadeha, which is a certain amount each week of her salary. More than that, it's called Moiser Maisiyadeha. There's the amount above the food value. We'll see what this is later on. This is Daf Samach Dalid. There's the Iker you know, there's the value of her food, which equivalent to called the maisiyadeh, the ikr of her salary. So let's say her value of food is $5,000 a year, so he's entitled to $5,000 of her salary. Above that, it's called maiser maisiyadeh. He's not entitled to that unless he gives her a silver coin each week. A silver coin, it's a, a silver ma'e. I, I don't know the value of that. But a silver coin each week, if he gives her that on top of the food, then he's entitled to the rest of her of her uh, wages. You have to realize also wages were not necessarily money. Wages could be thread. If she's making thread, that could be she got paid in thread, like whatever. So th- there's the food equals the ikr maisiyadeha. Then if you want above that, then the silver ma- of coin was equal to moiser maisiyadeha. Okay, but he's not right away given entitled to the moiser maisiyadeha right away. Okay. Says the Mishnah, hamakdish de ishtoy. If a husband says, I'm making hegdish her salary, her salary is hegdish, the ikr salary, not the extra salary, the ikr salary. So that should work, right? The husband is entitled to it. If the husband's entitled to it, then he should be able to be magdishid. What's the Mishnah say? Hareza oisav eichalas. It's not holy. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So we'll have to figure out why. Meaning, even though he's entitled to the maisi if he's magdishid, our Mishnah says it doesn't work because it's not really his. 
So we'll have to figure out why our Mishnah says the Maisiyadeh are not really his when he's entitled to it halachically. Okay. But Moiser, let's say he's Magdish the Moiser Maisiyadeh. I mean, as I said, there's the Maisiyadeh, which is equivalent to the food that she eats. And then there's Moiser Maisiyadeh, which he's entitled to if he gives a silver coin. If, let's say, instead of being Magdish the Iker salary, he's being Magdish the Moiser Maisiyadeh, the amount that's on top of it. Says the Mishnah, it's a machlaikis. Rameir, Rameir, Hegdish, Rav Yechasandar, Amr Chulin. Rameir says it's Hegdish, Rav Yechasandar says it's Chulin. Rav Yechasandar says it's Chulin because it's not really his. Rameir says it's Hegdish. I'll just tell you, there's two possibilities of why he says it's Hegdish. Either because he holds that you could be Magdish, Dabr Shalai, Balaylam, right? He doesn't, it's not created yet. So, first of all, it's because he holds you could be Magdish, something that doesn't exist yet. Or, Possibly it's because he holds that he's entitled to all of her salary. Well, Gemara will clarify. The Gemara will go through this. Okay. Says the Gemara. Amr Rav Huna, Amr Rav. This is the main shita. And that is, The wife can say to the husband, Don't give me food, you don't get my salary. Meaning, the ikr is really the food for the wife. That's the main component. In return for that, in lieu of that, he gets his salary. But if she wants to cut it off at the head and she's like, listen, I don't want to give you my salary, don't give me food, we're fine, we're, we're you know, no, 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 no way street. Block the street, the halacha is that works. Okay? Kasavar, because he holds, ki iker, that the main takana for Chazal was that she should have food. And just they threw in that he gets the salary to make no fights. So therefore, because the iker takana was to benefit the wife, if she chooses to say, I'm not interested in this takana, that's allowed. Okay? You're telling me that the iker takana was to benefit the wife. But doesn't the Mishnah say tiknu mezaynis tachas maisiyadeha? It says they were metakin mezaynis instead of the salary, which implies that the salary is the main thing. But they threw in the food; they threw in the food to sweeten the deal. So the Gemara says, no, reverse it. A metiknu maisiyadeha tachas mezaynis. Reverse it. You have to say that the ikker was they were metakin mezaynis, and they threw in the salary to sweeten the deal. But the ikker is for her benefit, and she chooses to say, "I'm not interested." Fine. Okay. So right now we're saying there's a possibility that she could say to him, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in the Mazinus, and I'm not interested in giving you the salary. Okay. So there's a possibility that the salary is not really his, right? Before this Gemara, there was no possibility that the salary is not the husband's. The salary is the husband's. Comes the Gemara and says, no, there's a case where the salary is not the husband's, and that what's the case? Where she says, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in giving you food, uh, getting food from you. I'm not interested in giving you the salary. The Gemara says like this. Think about what the Mishnah said. The Mishnah said if the husband is makdish, her salary, it's not effective. Why? Because it's not his. So the Gemara says this is a raya to what we're saying. Meaning, before this Gemara, there was no such thing as the salary not being the husband's. The salary is the husband's. So according to that, what does the Mishnah mean? That the, 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 why, why can't he be Magdashin? It must be the Mishnah is talking about a case where she said, She said, I'm not interested in giving you, I'm not interested in giving you my salary, I'm not interested in taking food from you. Oh, in such a scenario, the husband obviously doesn't have the salary. That must be what the Mishnah is referring to, because if it's not this, if this is not an option, what's the other scenario where the husband doesn't have the Maisiyadah? So the Gemara says, I'll prove it to you. The Mishnah says, The Mishnah says that if you're Magdish, it's not effective. Why? It must be a scenario where he's offering to give her food, and she says, I'm not interested. 
So Gemara says, no. Really, it could be that you can't do that. You can't say, And the Magdit that is always the husband. So what, what is the Mishnah talking about? What, how could the Mishnah... Again, the Mishnah is clearly talking about a scenario where the husband does not own her salary. And that's why when he says, her It doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? What's the scenario where the husband doesn't have the salary? So the Gemara says, the only thing I could think of is if you follow Rav Hunam or Rav Shita, that a wife can say, I'm not interested in the salary, I'm not interested in the Nezayinus. In such a scenario, she is cutting it off, and she's saying, I'm holding on to the salary. If that's the scenario, then it's a riot from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says he doesn't own the salary. What's the only scenario where he doesn't own the salary? A scenario where she says, I'm not interested. The Gemara says, you know, there's another case. What if he doesn't have any money? What if the husband doesn't have a penny? He's a beggar. He doesn't have a penny. So he's not supplying her with food. If he's not supplying her with food, of course he doesn't get her salary. Meaning, maybe there's no such thing as her canceling it. And when he offers her food, he gets the salary automatically. I, what is the Mishnah talking about when the Mishnah says that he doesn't own the salary? The Mishnah is talking about a case where he's not giving her food. He doesn't have money to give her. So it's, it's his responsibility to give her food and then he gets the salary. Correct. He can't buy food with her salary. Correct. So, so the exactly. It's interesting. So the Gemara is saying. So therefore, really, you the wife cannot cancel it. I. So what's the Mishnah talking about when it says when it says that he doesn't own the salary? It's talking about a case where he's not giving her food. So you're going to ask Akasha. So what's the chiddush in the Mishnah that if he doesn't give her food, he doesn't automatically get her salary? Of course. What? What? what how could it be that he just gets her salary without giving her food? Even a slave doesn't have such a relationship. We had this once already. Even a Jewish slave, you can't take money from a Jewish slave. You can't take the Jewish slave's salary and not give him food. There's no such a possibility. So you're telling me the case of the Mishnah is that he's not giving her a penny of, of money for food. Nothing. He's giving her nothing. And what's the Chiddush? He doesn't get her salary. That's why he can, yeah, okay, it's, that's pretty posh it. You think anybody would think that he could get her salary? That's pretty... But why? Why he's not? He doesn't. He, it's not, it doesn't. It's not like a, a father with a daughter relationship. It's a transaction. He only he gets the salary because. But 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 I, but not people that are learned. <laughs> I'm saying not people that are learning. So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says Really, the case of the Mishnah is where he's not supplying her with food. If he was supplying her with food, she can't reject it. The cases where he doesn't own the salaries where he's not supplying her with food. So the Gemara says If it's only the case where he's not giving her food, my remember that what's the chiddush. That what he doesn't have a salary? Of course he doesn't have a salary. Even if the, uh, there's an opinion that holds that by a non-Jewish slave, you could take his salary and not feed him. That's only true with a non-Jewish slave. Because you don't have to treat him as a Jew. But regarding a Jew, you're not able to do that with a Jew. Of course the So you tell me, if that's the case, then what's the Chiddush? The answer is, that is the case, and there is no Chiddush. The answer is, you're right. It's Takipashit over there. The scenario is the Moiser, which is the, the salary above, above what she needs for food. That there's an opinion that holds that you could be Magdishit. That's the Chiddush. You're right. This case is Takipashit. It's unnecessary. The Chiddush is Moiser. We'll get to Moiser tomorrow's stuff. Okay. So the Gemara says, so we've started with a sheet of Rav Yehuda Marav, that Rav Yehuda Marav, or Rav Huna Marav, that Rav Huna Marav said, a wife can say, I'm not giving you my salary, I'm not taking food from you. She could stop the flow. Says the Gemara, Pliga de Rish Lakish. This is not like Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish feels it is not an option of hers. 
the husband automatically gets her Maisiadeha, and it's, it's nothing she could do about it. Because look how Rish Lakish describes Rav Meir Shita. Again, Rav Meir Shita is that if you're Magdish the Meiser, you're Magdish the, the, uh, her salary above what she gets for food, the above salary part, Rav Meir says it's Hegdish. When Rish Lakish describes our Meir Shita, look how he describes it. Dom Rish Lakish. The reason why Rav Meir holds that it's holy is not because, or not just because, he holds you could be Magdish Davish Leibeloilam. Right? Because think about it. If you're being Magdish, her salary above what she's going to need, that doesn't exist yet. Says Rish Lakish, don't think Rav Meir Shita is because he holds Magdish Davish Leibeloilam, that you could be Magdish something that doesn't exist yet. That's not what his Shita is about. What's his Shita about? Time to Rav Meir, Really, Rav Meir Shita is, you can be Magdish Davish Leibeloilam. So what do you mean? So how, how does it work over here? She's, the first of the year, right? She starts a new job today. You say, you say, uh, a Magdish, her salary. Yeah. Magdish, her salary above what she needs, says her mayor, it works. Because, you know, because what she needs for food is hers, but this is above what she needs. When is she going to make that money? In six months from now. So how does it work? So you'll say, Magdish you could be Magdish something that doesn't exist. Says Rish Lagish, that's not his shita. Really, he holds he can't. So how does it work? The reason is, because the husband is entitled to her salary automatically, and there's nothing she could do to cancel it, it's Ki'ilu, he said, I'm being Magdish her hands. Meaning he's not being Magdish her salary, he's being Magdish her hands that will make the salary. So you see two things. First of all, Rameir holds, you can't be Magdish Davish Over here, how does it work? Is because you be Magdish her hands, which do exist, whatever that means. Number two, you see that Rish Lakish describes her Meir Shita is that the husband automatically gets her salary and there's nothing she could do to cancel it. So this is not like Rav Huna Marav. The Rav Huna Marav said she could cancel the salary and just not take the Mazinus. Rish Lakish clearly does not agree with that because he says, he says, um, um, the husband can force her to receive the salary. So you see the Rish Lakish holds that the, the wife cannot cancel it. Okay. Now the Gemara just says, Rameir Shita is that when you're Magdish's salary, you're really being Magdish her hands, which do exist now. The question is, that's not, but that's not what you said. The answer is, The reason is because Rameir holds that a person doesn't say anything unnecessarily. So when you're saying this, you obviously mean her hands. So we're interpreting it as when you're saying you're being Magdish, you're not being Magdish's salary, which doesn't exist yet. You're being Magdish her hands. Okay. Now, quick point before we finish up the daf. And that is, Reish Lakish says, Rameir Shita is not based on Adam Makdish Davash It's not because Adam Makdish Davash Um Huh? I'm sorry. So the Gemara is saying that it's not because you're being Makdish Davash Rather, it's because you've Makdish the hands. Meaning, so if you just stop right here, and I were to ask you, what's Rameir Shita about? you'd say it doesn't work. Because that's what Rish Lakish is saying. It's not because Rish Lakish Rameir holds the Magdash Davish It's because you're being Magdash of the hands. The problem is Rameir Shita is you could be Magdash Davish So like Rish Lakish is saying, Rameir Shita is not because of Magdash Davish Really, you can't be Magdash Davish It's because you're being Magdash of the hands, which do exist. Rameir Shita is throughout Shas, you could be Magdish Davish You could consecrate and make transfers on items that don't exist yet. So why is Rish Lakish saying this? So the Gemara says, 
Is it true that Amir holds you can't be magdash something that doesn't exist yet? Vatani, the Bryce says, If a guy says to a, a Jewish woman, after I convert. So he is being magdash because he doesn't exist yet as a Jew. Right? He says, I'm being, he gives her a ring. When I convert, it should, it should be chal. He doesn't exist yet. But he's being magdash for when it happens. Or, or the woman says, I'll, uh, she's a guy, but she says, I'll, uh, I'm accepting the ring now, and it should be chal when I convert. Or or they're slaves when they become free. Or you give her a ring to a woman who's married and said it should be chal after your husband dies. Or a woman who's waiting for yibum, it should be chal after you do yibum. All these things. Yeah. You see, you're being magdish. So think about it. You're being magdish. What's the halacha? Rameir Oimer Mikudeshes. Rameir says it works. See, see, Rameir holds you could be magdish. So why did Rish Lakish say about the Shita? Don't say it's because Rameir holds you magdish. But you could be magdish. The answer is, The answer is, Rameir Taka holds you could be magdish. Rish Lakish's point is, don't prove that from here. Because I could interpret this differently. It's not a good raya from here. Because I could interpret it differently, but 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 at the end of the day, he actually does hold you could be Okay, one last sugya, but we'll end with this. We're going to start the kasha and we'll deal with it tomorrow. The, the, again, as I said before, there's the main salary, which corresponds to the amount of food you give her. Then there's the money that she earns above that is not entitled to the husband unless he gives her a silver coin each week. Okay, that's called meiser. Meiser meisiadeha. He has to give her a silver coin each week, and then he's entitled to the to her earnings above. This is a Mishnayis in Daf Samach Dalit. It's in four days. So, okay. So the Meiser Maisiyadeha, he's not automatically entitled to until he gives a silver coin. What did the Mishnah say? If a husband is Makdish, the Meiser Maisiyadeha, he's Makdish, the additional earnings, does it work? It's a machlekes or a mayor and the chacham and Rav Yechonah Whether it it works, let me ask you a question. What's the case? Is he giving a silver coin each week? If he is, then he's entitled to it. So why doesn't it work? If he's not, then why does Rav Meir say it works? I mean, what's the machlekes about? He, he's being magdish the meiser meisiyadeh. The husband doesn't automatically get the meiser meisiyadeh unless he does what he has to. If he does what he has to, it should be his. He should be able to be magdashit. If he's not doing what he has to, then no one should say that it works. So the question is, so what's the machlaikas? You understand? So the Gemara says, we'll just see the kasha, we'll do the kasha, uh, answer tomorrow. First of all, emas kaddish. First of all, according to a mayor, if you're magdash the moiser, when is it holy? So, it's only holy after she dies. Meaning, she dies, she gives it over to you as an inheritance. That's when the Hegdish is Chal, but it's not Chal while she's alive. No, it's actually Chal when she's alive. Okay, so it's a Machlegus when it's Chal, we'll deal with all this tomorrow. But the question is like this what's the, what's the case? What exactly is the case that this Machlegus exists about whether it's Kaddish? If the husband is giving her food, and he's giving her the silver coins, he's entitled to her all her earnings. My time in the Mandar Malacha Misa Kaddish. Then why does it only work after the pa- after it passes away? Right? It's Machlaikis according to Mayor works. Yeah? When? 
So one opinion says after the wife dies, then it becomes his inheritance, that's when it's holy. The other opinion says, no, it's holy right away. Let me ask you a question. If he's giving her the silver coin, so he's earned, he's entitled to it right away, then it should be holy right away. If he's not giving her the silver coin, then everyone should agree that it shouldn't be holy until after the wife dies and it becomes his money through inheritance. So what exactly is the case? What's the machlegas? The Gemara says, So what exactly is the case? And like I said, we'll do with this tomorrow. I'll quickly review this last part uh, on Shabbos. I will stop here. Okay. Recording stop. Quickly.